Hi everybody, this is Brie Hall and welcome back to the Count to 10 podcast. We are here for episode two, which we will be discussing race versus royalty and status in society. Now, this podcast, as y'all know, is all about how sometimes as marginalized people, we have to take that woosah moment, you know, girl, we have to, we have to count to 10 because we begin tried sometimes in society and this is what I need. Oftentimes we think of post-racial society, like we think about Twitter, I've seen people tweet me like, why are you talking about racism? We've had a, a black president. And I'm like, wait, is, is this really happening? Today, I have some very, very, very empowering and special guests from one of my favorite podcasts, which is the Black Girl Bravado podcast. And our guests today are going to be Germany Manning and Brittany Lackey. Hey, hey. Brie. Hey, y'all. Thank you for that warm intro. We yeah. appreciate it. Thank you for having us. Congratulations on Count to 10. This is amazing. It is. This is perfect. We this do is... have to count to 10. I'll be counting on <laughs> 10, 9. <laughs> Seriously. Yes. So I'm Brittany. I'm Germany. Germany. And together we're the Black Girl Bravado podcast. Mm-hmm. So our podcast is a motivating and encouraging podcast for colorful women alike, specifically black women. And we have conversations where we talk about all of the issues that we deal with as black women. Um, Our goal has always been to build community through laughter and love, relevant content, and we always bring on knowledgeable, well-informed guests when we feel like we just can't handle the conversation by ourselves. Our conversations typically center around self-care, mental wellness, spirituality, entrepreneurship, so much more. And we really uh, strive to always provide a space for women of color to access information and resources that would greatly benefit their overall well-being. So that's what we do over at the Black Girl Bravado podcast. Mm -hmm. And it's a little ratchet we get a little fun with it you (laughs) know what i'm saying so yeah we're happy to be here yeah thank y'all so much again for coming on i'm so happy y'all are here and something i've always noticed in people that do content that revolves around like wellness and mental health and everything that comes from a deep place of compassion and compassion is all about understanding right so what brought you into this podcast theme in this space and made you want to focus on black women's issues of course and like mental health and wellness I think being a black woman with issues, <laughs> we're best yes. friends. So we go, th- we have similar experiences and in efforts to help ourselves through books, other podcasts, YouTube videos, all of the different resources. We were like, you know what? We could have a podcast where we talk about these same exact topics mm-hmm. and have a broader reach to people who would relate because it's tough out here and we need resources. We always say we wish we had this podcast when we were in our twenties. Like we had these resources to resort to. Yeah. Struggling. I mean, yeah. And it's just great to see representation. Like when we first started podcasting almost five years ago, there wasn't a podcast like ours available to young black women to say, Oh, you know, I'm struggling with relationship or what's my attachment style or I'm dealing with, like racial trauma or whatever it might be because we talk about so many things and to just provide this space for other young women is just feels so good and like you said compassion and empathy and that's where we mainly draw on for our content and um, the work that we do and we always let our listeners know that we're all here struggling together we're all on a struggle bus you know like we're not uh, we're not elevated (laughs) we're We're working through it together all all of us together fully elevated Mm -hmm. at least 
yeah. Oh, that's so important, y'all, because nowadays, sometimes, like, the phrase black excellence can be a little bit triggering because I'm like, I'm not excellent all the time. I be going <laughs> through it, like... <laughs> <laughs> and I think that that relatableness is so, so important because like y'all said, I, I didn't have anything when I was in high school and stuff. I was really lost in the sauce. I didn't have a lot of resources and podcasts like what y'all do. And it's amazing because I, I listened to definitely quite a few of your episodes. I listened to uh, the one y'all did about attachment styles. Girl, the <laughs> tears were flowing. I'm like, uh, wasn't expecting. How do you feel navigating now and like, being more aware of just your attachment style as you're coming into success as black women like do you feel like awareness has helped you change it or you just more so like okay now I know why I do this so I can work through it better I would say my success I think in my relationship like specifically because when we talk about attachment styles we're discussing our relationship to other people specifically romantic relationships so I think understanding my attachment style and where it might stem from and my abandonment issues definitely helped me to understand myself and also get a little bit more comfortable with peeling back those layers because it's hard you know we don't always want to talk about the difficult shit. That's the part that I, for me, <laughs> for me personally, because I'm already naturally an emotional person and a feeler that I don't want to feel everything all the time. But understanding my attachment style and working with like coaches and therapists allow me the space to be vulnerable and be gentle and kinder with myself um, as a as a way of becoming my best self. So, you know, I think it's definitely helpful in my overall success. Yeah, I would say the same. Awareness is the first step, but I definitely don't stop there because right after that, we have to take action. Mm -hmm. So after I'm aware, I'm thinking of ways that I can implement action so that I can improve and be better and more successful in all areas for sure. Is very, very true. Action is the prime thing. Even when we were discussing like liberals and things like that in some of these movements recently and how like everybody's so aware right now but the people that take action are the ones who really are making that difference and standing out do you feel now that you are as you said just achieving success and coming into your own as as you know businesswomen everything do you feel like that has changed the way you relate to other people and, and attached to people because for me, I, d I definitely feel like it's changed uh, a few of the, like, I feel a little bit more guarded in certain areas now, coming into success a little bit. How do y'all feel? Like, do you feel like it's changed that? I don't feel like I've reached a point where it's changed the way I relate to people, for sure. Like The maybe, Drake experience. Yeah. I'm like, oh, maybe, the complete level up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the complete level up. Maybe with more experience, with more success, I should say, those feelings may come. But like right now, I feel like I'm the same OG, but I'm not ignorant <laughs> to the fact that that exists. You know what I'm saying? Like there's kind of like a contrast because while you feel like you're guarded, you also feel like I think like when it comes to success, you feel like you're different in one way from some people that used to view you a certain way but other people still view you as the same and mm. they may be limiting you or trying to stop you mm. from doing things that you want to do i feel that so i feel like that's definitely an area where i can see that being some contention for me like okay what am how am i supposed to exactly navigate this space because 
I'm definitely not who I used to be. Mm-hmm. I've elevated. Mm. I'm here now. But there's still the people who aren't giving me the respect or what I feel like I deserve at this new level. Mm-hmm. So it's difficult as a black woman, for sure. I can see that. So, Bree, now I'm sorry because I'm a podcaster girl. So <laughs> when you say that you're guarded, do you feel like people that you are in close relationship with or people in the industry? More so people in the industry. I'm a little guarded. But what I would say, I think guarded might be the wrong word. I think more so... I'm somebody who is a recovering people pleaser. Mm. And so I feel like I, I've had no choice but to set more boundaries. Sometimes when you set boundaries, think of it like setting a zone or or like, you know, when countries have borderlines and things like that. So I said, sometimes when your boundaries change, the people who fit within those borders also shift. And that's been a big adjustment for me because there's people that I love to death, but like, you know, like, it literally what Brittany was saying about how sometimes they don't see that you're changing and they want you to like, you know, be out at the club and, and uh, doing certain things when it's like, oh, yo, like I can't, I can't be, you know, deep in some of the stuff I was doing when I was in, in school and things like, you know, just safety reasons, all types of things now, um, social media catch one video. You, you be you're canceled. Right. Canceled. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Okay, I just had I just was curious because I definitely can understand what Brittany was speaking to. And when I think about uh, attaching to people, I'm thinking about my close relationships, but in the industry and I guess thinking about it in relation to success, I think that there's a limiting factor for us right now, you know, because we are black women and people might be under the impression that we are like this super successful being super successful from one perspective. But on the other hand, it's still tough, you know, like there's still this glass ceiling that we're we're working to break, yes. you know, yes. and um, being black women in a white dominated space like podcasting, there's a struggle there. So I think that people might think that we're all equal and all the women are successful, but it's definitely different for a black woman. For sure. Oh, yeah. So you know? what is one myth that you think uh, exists out there as far as black women coming into success that we have an equal playing field Period. for sure mm, that definitely all the opportunities that are available to women are available to us as black women mm, when that's not yeah. the case we have to work twice sometimes three times as hard mm-hmm. to get mm. equal opportunities as our white counterparts and that's hard yeah you know yeah. And it can be discouraging but we still prevail and we're resilient but there's still that for sure and like germany said just breaking through the glass ceiling that is like set for us where people are like we'll give you this much but mm-hmm. you can't get that mm-hmm. like you know here's a little sprinkle of it but if you want that then i don't know what yeah, to tell you you ain't getting it you know? <laughs> that's just it you ain't getting it yeah. <laughs> yes no for know. real I feel like there's even nuance within the community of black women because, again, like there's so many intersectional identities, right, where you also have colorism, you have Mm. texturism, featurism, Mm. like all these things. So even the playing field amongst black women is unequal, Mm. you know, and I think that's even a myth, too, that like uh, sometimes people will see a black woman and like from other races right when they're casting and stuff and be like oh see we have this inclusivity y'all i i can't say the brand name okay but i went on a a international (laughs) trip not too long ago and tell me why it was a hundred people there and i was the blackest person there the only one right there was another girl there that was black but she was 
so white passing that when she had straightened her hair, I literally thought it was a white woman sitting next to me on this on this little Uber. I literally <laughs> was like, why is this? Because you know when pe- people be staring at you in public, I'd be real like, oh man. I was like, this this white woman is staring at me. Like, what did I do? And then literally it was because she was trying to get my attention to say hi again. Hi. And I literally looked up and you. I was like, oh, sis, I didn't even recognize you with, yes. with straight hair. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh. And, and now I think within this space, something I'm doing differently is when I'm invited on as a black guest to speak for something, I make it a rule of thumb now where I say, if there's not going to be a diverse group of black women there with dark skin, different features, et cetera, different life experiences, different social classes, all these things, I will not be appearing because I don't feel like I should be the forefront of, (laughs) you know, of, of these movements. I, yeah, d- hold it down. I wish there were more people who did that because that's true. Like picking one token that is can be white passing also is not diversity or representation, nor it's inclusivity. Not, yeah, not at all. And that's a common misconception because a lot of people think like they they lump us together mm-hmm. and, into one group. And think, oh, like, I grabbed this one light-skinned black girl for this TV show. So now we, we what do you mean we're not diverse? And I'm like, oh, no, no, yeah. no, no, no. I think that's <laughs> it, too, that they think we're all a monolith. Like, we're not. You mm. know, black women are not monolithic. Your experience is not my experience. It's not Brittany's experience. Exactly. And that's the that's what we need to definitely, I think, what even bringing that into my awareness is, like, we can't be the only black women speaking for black women's experiences, right? Because there's just exactly. it's so much nuance in our expression and who yeah. we are mm-hmm. that is definitely, it's imperative that there are multiple women speaking for just- For black women. For black women. Mm-hmm. Even our ideas of success are different, right? Based on like where we come from. I have a different experience than a lot of my, my friends because I'm actually first generation. So I feel like even some of my viewpoints are, are different because I was raised in a family that was immigrants. You know what I'm saying? So like that even influences a lot of the way I think about money. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom always makes the joke like, oh girl, you're a true Jamaican. You you have five jobs in college. You know I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and then I have some friends that, you know, are, are like American born and raised into a multi-generations of American family. And they'd be like, girl, like, you're doing so much. And then I'm like, I'm not doing enough. <laughs> right, know? right. Yeah, I think yeah. That's a big thing. Also, like in light of what's happening with the, the royal family right now, now that we're seeing like even post President Obama and things, we're seeing more diversity and leadership. Do you feel like representation alone is enough? Hell no. No, I don't feel like that. <laughs> I don't feel like that just because speaking of the royal family, so... With that situation, we see, we see that Meghan Markle, who definitely is white passing, but she's black. She was in the royal family, um, and that was supposed to be our representation, but she was still mistreated. She didn't have the same opportunities as the other prince's wife, Kate, I believe her name mm-hmm. is. She was treated horribly. Her son, she was told that her son wasn't going to have the same privileges because he was black. He had black in his blood. Mm -hmm. So representation is definitely not enough. Like we need more. Speaking to what you said earlier, there needs to be some actual things implemented where there's change, not just putting a black person there and saying, okay, well, that's been checked off. Let's move on. Let's move forward. Like. Yeah, and one person like like you even mentioned Brie, one person doesn't make things diverse. Yeah. And I think mm. that's that just 
irritates me so badly. It's like, okay, we have our one black person. Now we're diverse. The quota. It's like a quota <laughs> yeah, has been met. The diversity and inclusion talk. I'm exactly. like, guys, you missed the mark. Read yeah. the room. It's kind of like saying, I have black friends and you have one black friend <laughs> and then every other black, fr- every other black person you don't mess with. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? It's like to have some real diversity, there needs to be an acceptance of different experiences, different looks, all of that. Like if there can't just be one person at all. We need more. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like it's a lifestyle change and a policy change, right? Because you could have your one black friend, but you know, they could be all like here, right? Like emo and like, and having grown up, you know, maybe in a, in a predominantly white community and doesn't even identify with the black community very much and things. And you're thinking purely on a visual basis, uh, but not necessarily on a lifestyle basis. Like, uh, are you perpetuating like microaggressions when you're out ordering your your morning coffee and things like that? Cause it, it really is. People don't realize that sometimes they more scared of being labeled as racist than dismantling racism. Racism. You know what I'm saying? That Ray, I'm still weak at this little the, song. The right. <laughs> that has me. <laughs> and I feel like we really feel it too, like in the podcasting space, because up until recently, podcasting was predominantly white. Like there's definitely been more people of color coming into the podcasting space. But it's like I see a token black podcast being shown as like, and this is a black podcast that we're showcasing, like on Apple Podcasts. Like, yeah. Look, there's so many black podcasts that you can choose from. Let's give somebody else a little bit of shine that are equally great. <laughs> and it's only during yes. Black History Month. I'm like, y'all don't know about the black podcast oh when it's gosh. not Black History Month? Not- I'm yeah. like, y'all, come on, do better. Yeah. Did y'all get that uh, that follower spike last June? Girl. During, during you know the, the height of Black Lives Matter. And then I saw, I was like, why did my followers dip like around December? I said, wait a, wait a damn second. <laughs> they Hold said, on. we're out of here. We're out. Peace. <laughs> they said, allyship is over. <laughs> we did our six months of allyship and we're out. Yeah. <laughs> Girl. Let's blow this. Po- wait, no, what is it? Exactly. Let's, let's blow this popsicle stand. Yeah, yeah, they were out. I'm like, okay. Hmm. <laughs> We were asking them to do shit for us, too. We're like, show us that you really care. Yeah. Put us in spaces. Don't just come and follow. Right. Come on Have now. y'all seen it, all the commercials, too, where they're just so pro-black, but it just, I don't know. Me and my family have been talking about the It doesn't yeah. hit. I'm like, you guys are missing it. Yeah. And You're they're, like, it. overdoing it, too. They're like, the the blackest of the black, and we support <laughs> blackness here at our our black aisle and our, our black institution. Black, yeah. yeah and I'm like, black. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable now. <laughs> like, yeah. That is Because funny. sometimes we don't even want to be, like, we don't, we don't need it to be so daggone pro-black. Sometimes we just want to be there present that's it like, you know yeah that's it yeah it's, like, it's don't too make it segregated like we want to be included but we want it to yeah. be authentic and genuine and flow not like look at us mm-hmm. with our efforts and highlighting <laughs> like we don't want to be highlighted we want to be integrated yes. like we want to yes. be a part of permanently stop the highlighting and let's just make it a thing yeah even down to the way that we're complimented right even i was guilty of this probably like back in high school of course i realized how kind of weird it was once i got into college and stuff but complimenting people like like food right you know like oh you you chocolate goddess and you you know what i mean and then it's funny because i saw a tiktok where they reversed it right so they started talking about like white people and things like that 
as food. And they're like, my my vanilla, you know, uh, saltine crisp. This sounds so weird, right? Yeah. So even the just being complimented. Drop. My little mayo <laughs> drop. <laughs> and sometimes just I think people should ask themselves, like, if this person wasn't black, would this compliment make sense? Would this mm. compliment be be cringy and weird <laughs> if they weren't yeah. black you know so because i was like it's okay to just call a black girl beautiful yeah and just leave it at that you know yes girl because we'll true. be caramel cutie chocolate yeah. drop toffee toffee oh toffee yes taste, yeah well, I, I got called what is it caramel macchiato and yeah. I was like, yeah yeah <laughs> the little vanilla See? swirl caramel swirl mm-hmm. well, <laughs> i'm i'm allergic to milk so i don't know about all that like i look can i yeah. can, <laughs> exactly exactly so like in in terms of now like money status and elevating and everything like that do you think that money and status changes some of the things that people deal with in terms of like race you know I I know there's been talks about like even uh, Colin Kaepernick and like things like that where it's like there's a lot of dismissive people where they're like uh, you're a millionaire. Like, why are you protesting? Like, you're living the American dream or whatever. Like, do y'all feel that that money removes some of your racial experience? I don't think so. Personally, I don't because I feel like we're our race. We're going to identify with our race. Most people, I can't say because I ain't a millionaire yet. <laughs> but, <laughs> right. you know what I'm I don't know what it's going to hit for when I get my bag. But I would say <laughs> no because at the end of the day, we black first. We showing up. Your skin color, people are going to know your skin color before they know mm-hmm. what's in your bank account. Unless you're Jay-Z, Ooh. you know, the likes of Beyonce. Yeah. But for the most part, when you pull up on the scene, you're going to pull up black. Yeah. yeah. You know, so I don't yeah. I don't think so. I think there it makes certain things tolerable. Like when you're here, you know, mm-hmm. you can live in within society and be accepted on a different mm-hmm. level. But no, not the racial experience. Black is black, baby. And everybody want to be black till it's time to be black. Yeah. That's Ooh. what it really comes down Speak to. On it. You know what I'm saying? Like it. everybody want to identify with the culture until you really got a deal with what's popular. They want the rhythm but not the blues. You feel me? Exactly. <laughs> you got it. That's true. Because even if you have money, right, and you can move into these areas with access and status like Beverly Hills, for instance, that show that just came out on Amazon Prime, I haven't watched it yet, but I saw the previews mm-hmm. them. Mm. where they moved oh, into yeah. this predominantly white neighborhood and now they're being terrorized. Yeah. That happens yeah. in modern day. You move into the neighborhood and people are looking like, what you doing here? What yeah. they do? Do they Ooh. sell drugs? Let's figure out what they do. Are they supposed to be here? You watch Power, girl? Yeah. Y'all watch Power? Oh, yeah. I don't, know his, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know his real name, but Tariq. Tariq was mm-hmm. riding around in his nice car and the police pulled him over and he thought he was about to be shot. Because yeah. they were like, you know, what are you doing? This car... And that happens all the time because before the money is like skin. Yeah. We're showing up like this. And that's something I literally had to even explain to, you know, one of my friends who who is Mexican, right? Like that race is perceived, like I had to explain like that is an ethnicity, right? But race is perceived visually Mm -hmm. uh, first and foremost. And I was like, if racism is not perceived visually or ethnicity or some ethnicities that have a certain like stereotypical look that people associate with an ethnicity, um, then why is it that like after 9-11, right? There were Sikhs receiving Islamophobia and they're mm-hmm. not Muslim, right? So I was like mm-hmm. explaining to them that, you know, there was an experience we had with the police where they pulled us, pulled up on us, you know, three cars deep 
at a photo shoot, you know, it was one of the little abandoned houses. We, we was technically wasn't supposed to be there. <laughs> and, <laughs> and of course, he was getting treated so differently than all of the, the black people around. You know, mm. we were getting, the police opened my car door. I'm sitting here, girl, I'm eating my Panda Express. I'm just chilling, you know, mind my business. Right. And they open, physically open my car door and are like, can you get out of the vehicle? I'm like, I say, can I, can I? take one more bite of this like is it is it is it a wrap for me like do right. i put it down yeah and then they were treating him so nice and then all of a sudden they're like um they saw his id with his last name and then they were like where are you from he said mexico and then the cop like tightened his belt up and he said how long you been here right oh. so i was like explaining to him too i said yes you did have a really messed up experience based on your ethnicity but until they saw your last name they were treating you as though you were white, right? White. So, like, I said, that's why. And that's true, too, because, like, y'all, like, I had just finished one of my biggest brand deals, and <laughs> I got pulled over, and I wasn't even, I don't drive no fancy car. Like, I I, I go for fuel efficiency. And they, uh, they the police pulled me over, and they, they did, like, search of the car, and they were, like, forehead on the, on the, uh, on the steering wheel, hands on the dash. Wow. <laughs> what? And they were, like, they said, it's weird your plates aren't coming back to anything. And I was like, what do you mean? They're like, like a record. And I'm like, I don't have a re- <laughs> record. Mind you, y'all, this was in Virginia. So like, you know, oh, okay. it, it's to be okay. expected. Yeah, I'm like, racist. that happened here? They're very racist there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, it. there's there's roads. There's a plantation, what Plantation Avenue, Blacks Run Road in Virginia still like I went down a road and it said blacks run I said I need to I need to take that advice and get the exactly here. let me get she's a runner she's a track star exactly <laughs> like no hell oh my no. god yeah. yeah that's great have y'all had any experiences um when you felt like within yourself like okay I'm I'm financially stable you know what I'm saying like I'm coming into my own like podcast I've been successful like and then you still had an like experience with like microaggression or racism or anything like that. Yes. Okay. So time. this is the thing, girl. Uh, podcast is doing one thing, but we still work white man gigs, which yeah. is basically when we say a white man gig, it's a nine to five. Okay. Yeah. Haven't completely yes. tapped into full creator create creativity creatorship. Yeah. Right. So I still go to uh, work, and it's funny. I have a white colleague, of course, a white woman, an older white woman. We do the same job. We're likely getting paid the same money. And um, I had recently got gotten a new car, right? And the key mm-hmm. was on the desk. And it's a nice car. It's a nice car. And she said, is this your key? Or she was like, is that your key? Or whatever she said. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. She was like, oh, we're paying you too much. Uh-oh. And I said... <laughs> That was the way I felt. And I was thinking, but if it was your key, they wouldn't be paying you too much. Right. So what is it about me that makes you feel as if I'm being paid too much? I don't know if it's, well, I do know. It's likely because I'm 30 years younger than her. It's likely because Mm. I am a black young woman doing this job. It's likely because I have an advanced degree. Like there's so Mm. many factors that you feel like I shouldn't be getting what you're getting because you're a white woman and we're doing the same gig. Mm Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm. bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I was pissed. I'm like. I'm Ugh. still, my jaw is still on the floor. I cannot like, and, and the, the audacity. Girl. To, like say that to your face too. The like, caucasity. You know, I'm the like, caucasity. I'm like, no, she didn't. The mm. microaggressions in, in the nine to five space run deep. rampant. They run deep. It makes it kind of uncomfortable 
to even be your full self. Like mm-hmm. I would never tell them at work that I have a podcast because they can't oh, handle Lord. the conversations <laughs> that are had on the show. You know what I'm saying? Like the fact that we have to code switch is mm-hmm. one thing and it doesn't matter if you're successful on a podcast or you're doing another thing. When you're in that space, you have to code switch. You don't want to come off as aggressive. You don't want to ruffle any feathers. So it's like you're showing up as a different person. And you have to in order to get that check. In order to maintain a your A whole back. different person. Yeah. You know, and I felt that way last year with the civil unrest, everything that was oh going on God. with George Floyd and oh Breonna Taylor. Man. And it was just such an emotionally challenging Charged. Yes, charge time for black people because outside of like dealing with everything, we're also mourning, we're grieving, we're angry, we're pained. Mm. You know, there's so many emotions that are going on that are tied to our black experience. And just going to work every day, I'm like, y'all really don't get it. Nothing was said. Mm -hmm. There was no counseling or any forums held. It was just like, please don't talk about politics. Please don't talk about like racial issues. (laughs) Nothing. And I'm like, work is political. Coming to work is political, whether you guys want to believe it or not. And this is a social issue. It's a human rights issue when people make human rights and like the right to not be killed, like political, right? Like that's that's my human right. And I was like, where are all the pro-life people at? Like, (laughs) girl, (laughs) where are y'all? Black Lives Matter, right? Like, They're pro-life until it's a black life. Yeah. Ooh, ooh. I need need that on my shirt. (laughs) Yeah, merch idea. Um, Exactly. (laughs) Put it on a t-shirt. Throw it on a hat. Yeah. Something I I was feeling when uh, everything was happening. I I used to feel like these two lives were kind of separate, and I told uh, even my teams and people I work with like I feel as though I have. I'm in a, a movie, right, where there's like these ghosts, and I'm in this haunted house, but I'm like the kid in the movie or the wife or whatever where I'm the only one seeing them and like white America and corporate America is like the husband that's like, you're just imagining things. And I feel like I said, I feel like the world's merged and now everyone's seeing the monsters in the closet and in the Mm. attic. Finally, Um, do y'all feel like your world's merged a little bit last year? For Mm -hmm. sure. Like we had a call with um, a brand and as soon as Mm -hmm. we got on the phone, she was like, I just want to apologize for everything that's going on. I'm sure you all feel horrible, da-da-da. And I'm like, wow, like this would never have happened before. People would not acknowledge it. It would just be like, so this is what we're doing. This is what we need you to do. We don't give a fuck about how your life is being affected socially or because of race. Mm. This is what we're doing. So that was good. I think that that was good, acknowledging that there's some real issues going on that we're affected by. And yes, we're going to continue doing business, but... Let's not act like there's not some real things happening right yeah. now. Let's acknowledge. Yeah. yeah. And I think, too, um, it, it opened up a space to talk about things I even experienced in the in the workplace when, when you know, your colleagues are like, hey, how can we support you and things like that? And I'm just like, well, actually, yes. um, here, because then it, it opened people's eyes to the fact that, like, me and one of my uh, white or white passing colleagues can go and do the same brand deal or this go to the same job and have a totally different experience for the day. Mm-hmm. Like I know last year I came out and did something that was controversial. 
Um, but I had overwhelming support where I talked about one of my first big events, y'all. It was like one of those where you get to do the panel. You know what I mean? It was like a, a beauty con type of event, right? Mm-hmm. So I was like, I was still in college at the time. I was like, ooh, I'm going to go get me a little uh, splurge on a little dress for yes. I was still working retail, right? So I was like, all right, I'm going to get it for my job. Right? Exactly. And, Discount it. Um, mm-hmm discounted right employee discount you feel me but and then so i was feeling real cute had my little like you know guest badge on like for the vip tent and a fellow creator came up and she asked me to hold her belongings like she said can uh, she said hey can you hold my person phone really quick and i was like kind of shocked <laughs> yeah right right like the, the, there's people like who are paid full salaries to assist like and things like that so I I was really baffled and I was with two of my friends from school and you know this was their time to finally like oh y'all have seen me recording these videos in my room so now y'all can see me in my element see me shine you know and so I was real proud and then at that moment I just was so embarrassed because I did take them but then like this girl, I thought initially, right, again, recovering people pleaser, I thought she was going to the bathroom. And that happens sometimes where the people be like, okay, you watch my thing. So I thought it was going to be that. 30 minutes went by and she was just talking to all these talent that were white. And I was just like, she really just like left me with her belongings. Right. Y'all look at it. I can see the look on y'all's face. Like, I wish I was there for you, girl. I'm that home girl. Take your stuff. And me and my girl, I would have had your hand in my hand and we would have been walking out. Yeah. Right. And y'all, I I had to end up like having that moment where you, you know, that moment where you have to decide between being accepted in a professional space and not labeled as difficult and things because this person had a huge following. So there was that that power dynamic as well. So Mm -hmm. I was like so embarrassed because I had to get up and interrupt her in a circle of big influencers and say, here are your things. And literally she looked at me and said, oh, thanks. And then I was just, and then I had to go do my panel after that. So I, that's an example I would probably give of like, we I'm booked for this panel just like everybody else is, but yeah. I had to go through that first. With being a black woman, sometimes you have to wrap count to 10, right? Yeah. <laughs> I had to yeah. regroup and, and yeah. then come on stage because at the same time, I'm like, all right, I'm not here for her. I'm here for all the people who, you know, either like relate to me or whatever. And I can't be down on myself for them because, yeah. you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, you know, That's thanks crazy. for sharing that story because... I'm sure that's difficult, even having to consider that she has a larger following or she has this large following, because that's the thing, too, on social. I mean, I thank you for sharing your story. That was that made me like a little emotional. I feel bad. Also, it was my birthday weekend, too, y'all. Oh, oh my God. And the girl came out on social media and said, you know, um, I was just a kid back then. And I was like, girl, I was 19. Like (laughs) I was a teenager, too. We were both teenagers. But I think with with being black, sometimes they uh, they said on average you're seen as six years older than you are. Like uh, they did a study with uh, black children and teens and how they're like the adultification, I think they called it, of uh, black youth. And that's why sometimes when police are a little rougher, you know, with, with black children, it's because they don't see them as children. Which is um, sickening. Yeah, and that's not an excuse we always have. I was a kid. Like, I was like, me, girl, me too. Right. <laughs> Teenage. I we both were children. Right. We were both children. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I'm I'm happy that, like, I was able to share this here because, y'all, I reflected on that. Like, damn, I really, like, held this girl stuff. And I didn't. And then I literally, it affected how I was able to network because now 
I go to these groups of people with people's things and it's like, oh, they probably think I'm an assistant now. <laughs> or they probably oh like, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh my gosh. Oh, you've yeah. healed from that though. Yeah. You, you're healing from that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I think being able to speak about it was so like, like a breath of fresh air. You yeah. know what I mean? Because yeah. I don't know if y'all experienced this as well. Just being, having to hold so much in yes. and only being able to speak about it with certain groups of people who mm -hmm. would even care to understand yes. yeah for sure mm -hmm. which is why it's important for us to have these spaces spaces like count to 10 spaces like the black or bravado because a lot of people don't have anybody they can talk to about it but when they hear that it's going on and that there's conversations about it happening then they don't feel like so alone or alone or estranged or other it's mm -hmm. like okay so i know i'm i'm okay for feeling the way i feel because i'm hearing other creatives or other women speak about it so i know it's happening yeah yeah and you know what's interesting, too? I, I just thought about the fact that we're all pretty young. You know what I'm saying? And then you're saying, oh, when I was growing up, there weren't spaces like this for me. And that's not that long ago. You know no, what I'm saying? I'm still young At and all. tender. Still still young and foin or whatever. But like, exactly. Spring still tender. Yeah. How do y'all feel about still hearing the phrase first black blank or first woman blank or just like first identity of something? I have mixed emotions about it. Like yeah. when I see first black woman, I'm proud. I'm inspired. Like Kamala being the first black woman vice president. I'm like, yes, queen. Yes, sis, do it. Bitch. Yeah. 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 But, and like Beyonce at Coachella. <laughs> but then I'm also like, why is that? Why are we just now the why first? Why did it take so long? Like, why did it take so long for us to be the first at this? So it's mixed feelings. It's like, yes, inspired, proud of the possibility. But in the next breath, I'm like, now y'all know y'all wrong for it taking this long for mm -hmm. us to be the first anything. Like, we've been here. We have. So. Before y'all, I, yeah. I can echo those sentiments. I feel like you mentioned, I'm like, yes, especially when Kamala hit the office because that's our sore. I'm like, skiwi. <laughs> yeah. And then yes. also, I'm like, mm. We, she could have been did that. There's other sores who could have did that. The other women, it didn't have to be mm -hmm. a sore, like, you know. But um, I also appreciate when there is the representation, like, LGBTQ identity, right? Like, a mm -hmm. lot of politicians, I think Pete Buttigieg was, like, openly gay. And I think that yep. matters for people to see, too. Mm -hmm. um, they're like, okay, it's oh, possible. Absolutely. My identity doesn't have to hinder me. It's going to be difficult. Right. Not saying it's not, mm -hmm. because... Yeah. the patriarchy you know yeah. like it just is yeah. what it is but it's not impossible so my feelings are mixed but I'm also hopeful that there's going to be more young Kamala's there's going to be more young Pete's you know who are going to continue to go mm -hmm. on and do those things so that they don't have to be the first there's going to be another Kamala in office you know maybe she'll be a little Tanisha yeah I don't know <laughs> and I, <laughs> I even think know. about like the importance of creating because sometimes I said uh when when I even started YouTube, I was like, oh, wait, if the, the table don't exist for the things I want to see. So sometimes you got to build the table. Yes. And and so the first person at the table is the first, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Like, yeah. I came know, here so with the table. Starting off with diversity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I came the table, here. And then you're pulling up seats. And that's why it's Everybody. important for us, you know? We're building mm -hmm. different tables. Maybe it's like, maybe you're going to create a podcast studio. Maybe you'll create a different type of YouTube platform. I don't know. You know what I mean? And then you'll be the first in, and have so many opportunities that will be available for other minorities and other, you know, mm -hmm. you feel. Yeah. yeah. People. I've been seeing that with even uh, Issa Rae when she, she's come out with the color creative and all these things. I say, you girl. Yes. You better, yeah. 
Like, I think I, I just something about it just filled me with so much joy because it's just like, dang, a space where you're just you just are and you're just, yes. yeah. you just yes. exist. Yeah. That's how I felt when I went to um, it, it was in 2019. I went to Ethiopia for a month. y'all. Mm. Wow. Oh, my gosh. I came back and I, I said the American culture shock hit me in the in the gut. Like I got yeah. throat punched by <laughs> American <laughs> culture shock. I realized that it was the first time in my entire life that I was just able to exist in a society wow, and not have to think about my blackness ever. Yeah, You know what I mean? Because even when I'm going back to Jamaica, Jamaica was colonized and stuff like that. So there are areas in Jamaica where I do have to be a little more self-aware. I was like, oh my gosh, I people only care about the content of my character. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> I hear it's a vibe in Jamaica. A homegirl lives in Jamaica and she says, like, it's just a different experience. I'm like, Oh yes. What a blessing. Time moves different too. Like I was waking up, I'm not even a morning person. I was up at like the crack of dawn, like seven AM. You just feel like, oh, it's gotta be like one in the afternoon. It's like <laughs> seven in the morning. I said, I don't even care about the summer body. Like, the body I got is the summer body. Yes. The summer will be getting this body, okay? Yes. This is one it's <laughs> It'll giving. be giving what, whatever body I'm giving. Giving what it's giving. Yes. Yes. Oh, my gosh. So, with that, like, if y'all, now, now, like, thinking about vacations and all these things, if y'all had $10 billion in the account, like, like you know what I mean? Like, Jeff Bezos type, type Ooh. money. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And unlimited status and resources and power. What would be one of like the first things y'all would want to do? Pay off the student loan. Period. That's what I'm uh, doing. <laughs> I'm going to take all my homegirls in the group chat. Ooh, I'm I paying off that. all their student loans. No, seriously. Ooh, I'm doing that for sure. Student loans, we talk about the racial wealth gap. Student loans mm. keeps that gap wide. And wide. that's why the conversation mm. needs to stay on the table about canceling a large amount of student loan debt. A lot of the loans mm -hmm. were predatory. I don't care what nobody Oof. say. They were predatory. We weren't given the adequate information in a way that we could receive it. And they've been on mm -hmm. our back and they've been keeping us down. We need to get rid of them student loans for sure. Especially for black exactly. women. Yes. Get rid especially. of them, but it's really impacting our black women because we be going to college, mm -hmm. getting advanced degrees, breaking generational curses, being the first okay. to do. Yeah. And having mm -hmm. all of this debt. So get rid of it, which is why I'm paying all my friends debt. Yes. All my homegirls debt. I can't wait to yes. receive my, my portion. Your portion. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> $1 billion. All of my nuclear family will get a billion dollars. Yes. Each. And then I'm going to be connecting with my local uh, government, local and state government, because I have unlimited resources Preach. and I have connections and status. And we need to figure out what we're going to do about this homeless issue in L.A. because it's Ooh. a real big problem. It's so I can't fix it on my own, but we need to it's come been together. Getting intense. It's terrible. I went um, downtown and y'all, I have never, and, and mind y'all, like I grew up in the DMV area, you know, just like a early life just outside of D.C., and so I was in D.C. a lot of my life. And, you know, D.C. has its own homeless population uh, and, and issues out there. But I've never seen like what I've seen downtown recently, y'all. Yeah. It's bad. It is. I, I, I just saw the housing projects that they're doing, though, the um the, the tiny houses mm -hmm. recently. Mm -hmm. And that that kind of felt like a little a little sparkle, a little shred of <laughs> yeah, hope. Yeah, a little somewhere. sprinkle. A little sprinkle. I was like, OK, it's a start. It's a start. At this point, we need a finish. Yeah. Everybody that comes here from different places in the country are like, 
what is going on with the homeless in L.A.? We don't see this in Florida. We don't see this in Atlanta. So there, there's a real problem that needs to be addressed. They're trying to change the name homeless now to unhoused because mm. they, you know, homeless has that stigma of bum, right? That's like yeah. the universal like connotation. But when you think unhoused, now you're thinking, okay, someone that might have, you know, a job, someone that pays human. taxes, that it just humanizes, a human, it. It humanizes mm -hmm. people. And um, and I said there was a, a period of my college experience where I was unhoused, mm -hmm. and um, I was sleeping in in the library. You know wow. what I mean? And some people might think like, of course, it's not as bad as some situations, right? But uh, the reason why the tiny houses made me so emotional is because I remember I was I was telling my partner I said the worst part about not having a place to live is that I was carrying all my belongings with me at all times and that is a weight that nobody truly <laughs> understands right yeah. I told him there was a time where I it was a rainstorm outside and like I remember my summer class ran over time a little bit and I just kept looking out the window and I was like oh my god no because I it was about to pour rain and I just remember getting to the library and the one blanket that I slept with in the library was soaked, y'all, like oh my through God. and through and all my changes of clothes. And I was just sitting there like that was that moment where I was like, that's something I wish nobody ever experiences in the unhoused population. So I was like those tiny houses, just being able to take those weights off your shoulders. You know, in L.A., you see people pushing like all this stuff in carts and everything. Mm -hmm. And that's their life's possessions. Yeah. A lot of people don't realize and I was like, just being able to put that down yeah. and, not, and being able to lock it somewhere. Yeah. That is a huge deal. You know what I mean? I was coming to my internship and just, uh, they thought I had like a, a I played sports or something because I'm coming with this duffel bag every day. And I'm like too ashamed to be like, oh no, y'all, this is like everything I own right now. <laughs> oh my God, Brie, what such resilience, mm -hmm. you yeah. know? Even sharing that story, because I'm sure there are many people who didn't know that and who will find mm -hmm. uh, relatability in that because it's, it's not uncommon for people to be unhoused or like in my work, we say it's experiencing homelessness, not necessarily that the person is homeless. So experiencing mm -hmm. homelessness and being unhoused is common you know and there's levels of home experiencing homelessness you know it doesn't have to be that you're sleeping out on the street to not have the things that you need mm -hmm. so you know to mm -hmm. even share that story and express that vulnerability was just here in the heart and there's a lot of people like I know who can identify with this because it, it ties into the student loans right I was faced with a decision where you know it was a little rough patch with the family right and then I went to school an hour away from my house so mm. I was faced with that decision of if I want to graduate on time, I have to take these summer courses to get ahead because I switched my major. Mm -hmm. And it was either either take my summer courses or have a place to stay on campus. Right. Mm. And so, you know, I feel like there's a lot of people I know that have had to sleep in their car just to get their education. So I was like, man, free education, especially uh, for people who are descendants of free labor in this country, yes. I feel like. <laughs> come, on. come on. thing. Come on. Let's make it a thing. I made a joke on Twitter and I was like, look, I think black people need all cotton products uh, free <laughs> and you all, all uh, sugar products free. free. My Starbucks should be free. Yes. <laughs> Give us or, what or we need. Or at least some type of discount or something. You know, a little like, like how people get military discount. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Descended of slave discount. Here's my call. Yeah. If we ain't getting reparations, at least give, give us, us that. Give us a discount. Something. Damn. <laughs> 
Yes. So this has been a tough year, right? What is something that on the pathway to becoming successful, I guess, keeps you up at night? And then to contrast, what is something that brings you a bit of peace within yourself? Um, I think what keeps me up is knowing that we have to work extremely hard mm-hmm. much harder um as i mentioned earlier than some of our white counterparts so that keeps me up trying to figure Oof. out what can we do what do i need to do to make sure i get to where i want to get you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying but mm-hmm. i also have peace knowing that it's possible like we said the Issa Oof. rays the lena waith marseille martin ava duvernay ava duvernay yes. like Shonda. these are people who are first generation Mm -hmm. successful who didn't have a blueprint who didn't have the connections Mm -hmm. like they figured this out on their own and they made a way so Mm -hmm. that lets me know that it's possible although there may be some difficulty challenges some challenges but it's still possible so there's that yeah what keeps me up at night is because during everything i realized how much uh we learn about black history but it's centered around black men So Mm -hmm. I actually reached back out to one of my professors. She broke me down in in college. I took Africana women's studies. And oh man, y'all, when I say the, the, the fury... I was like, why didn't nobody tell me this? I've been in school for all these years and nobody said this. Like, I reached back out to her. Shout out Professor Michelle Scott. You know, Dr. Michelle Scott, actually. Okay. For sending me a reading list. So I went and bought all the books, y'all. And I was just flipping through, just mm, highlighting, highlighting. And I realized the thing that keeps me up at night is the erasure of black women. So Mm. the thought sometimes of like, oh, I can reach like the pinnacle of my dreams and still be written out of history. Mm -hmm. That keeps me up. I think the point of peace is the education Mm -hmm. and being able to pass this on because now that I'm educating myself about black women's achievements, accomplishments, how we were the hero in a lot of stories, even like in, I got interviews from uh, enslaved persons that like were on record because slavery wasn't as long ago as people think. There were right, actual right. interviews with with uh, people that were newly freed and et cetera. And having that wealth of information really empowers me because I'm like, oh, I can stop the erasure with this podcast, with mm-hmm. these small like conversations I'm having with groups of people. You know, even on Twitter, I did this thing, y'all, where I put all these black women's photos and I said, quote this. And I said, it's important if you do both. Quote this with the name of this person and what they've done. And if you don't know, quote it and tell me you don't know. Because that's important too. Yeah. Homework. And black women, everybody said they did. They literally didn't recognize anybody except for like the newer age people that are like really popular. Mm-hmm. And then I, I want to do this again, but also do the men that received the credit for things that these people were involved mm. in. Wow. Mm. For example, the first three women I had on there, I was like, do you know who they are? Oh, these are the founders of Black Lives Matter. And so many people were just like, we oh, didn't know. I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know, right? So I think uh, even just having them, those little trivia moments and like educating and, and now social media too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Such a good platform to, to yeah. bring awareness. But man, y'all, I encourage everybody out there listening, go get you Sister Citizen is a good book. Ooh, yeah, let me write it down. Right, put us on. <laughs> yes. Sister <laughs> yes. Citizen. Sister Citizen, um, Medical Apartheid is another good one. Killing the Black Bodies by Dorothy Roberts. That book 
life-changing. It oh, talks wow. about how the first law passed in the United States was actually to govern black women's bodies. That was the first law for our entire country. And I didn't even know that. Wow. <laughs> They've been against right? us for too long. Too long. <laughs> yeah. Too long. Time. time to rise up. It's been time. And like, I guess like my, my final question for y'all you know, what have you been doing to upkeep your mental health with all of the rapid changes that are happening right now in society? Like, yeah. how have you been doing your self-care? So for me, last year, um, I think last year was a really different time for social media, right? It was the first time that mm -hmm. we were all becoming social media activists. And it was like the first, uh, uh, the first time for a lot of us to have our voice heard mm -hmm. about social issues, right? And yeah. what... What I've been doing personally is not allowing other people on social media to let me know how I should use my voice because Ooh. that was like a big thing. People were like, black square, no black square. We're doing this. We're not doing that. I'm like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Right, right. So wait a Slow down, sister. We're all new here. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I'm like, if, if I want to post something, I post it. Don't tell me what to donate to. I'm going to do my own research. You know, if I want to mm. log off and not be a part of this conversation right now, I, I'm not obligated, you know? So like, let's make sure that for me, it's been doing the work that I need to do for myself and not allowing anybody else to govern that work and be like, this is how it should be done. This is why we're doing it. It's like, I'm here. I'm showing up. I'm at the movement. Let me do what the fuck I'm gonna do. Yeah. So that's been it for me deciding how I'm going to um, engage with social media. If I'm on, if I'm off and uh, the podcast, the work that we do with the podcast, that's healing. Every time we show up on the show, we're showing up not only for our community, but ourselves. So, um, you know, that's just like an ongoing thing for me. And we ain't had no church, but shit. I wish you, know. you did. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? For me, for my mental health, I've been deciding what I'm going to engage in as well. Like, for instance, Ooh. I'm not watching the trial with George Floyd, Derek the, George, the Derek Chauvin trial. I'm not watching that because I don't want to. Like, I feel like that's going to take me back to a place that I don't want to be in right now. I can get the hot takes. I'll find out what happens at the end. But in sitting there watching that trauma replay day in and day out is not good for me. I just have to be mindful and intentional about what I'm taking in because there's a lot that I have to worry about, you know, that I don't get to remove myself from. So mm -hmm. the things that I do have control to not indulge in, I definitely take advantage of those. Um, and definitely the work that we do here on the podcast helps with my mental health mm -hmm. because it brings things into my awareness that I can focus on and pay more attention mm -hmm. to for sure. Yeah. And like, huh, I feel that y'all like free the cape untie the cape <laughs> strings because black women we, we're expected to put the whole team on our back for every single movement not even just black every movement every yes. movement with, with so little credit and it's just like look free the cape we don't have to go into this assume this hero role and be like this all seeing all knowing being mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying because it's like the damned if you do damned if you don't thing sometimes i posted a video during the height of the george floyd thing like five ways to meditate you know what i mean like without physically sitting and going on and there were people mad in my comments how dare you be i'm like you know there's people struggling with their mental health right now because of this. And it's like, y'all want us to, to be the crusaders, <laughs> but don't want us to be well. And then I have friends, like one of my friends, really good friends is a comedian. And she's like, girl, I'm not 
want the activists? Like, <laughs> why do they want all of us to be? <laughs> That's another thing. I think because everybody was so enraged, the people who've been doing so. So Brittany and I have this conversation all the time that mm-hmm. there's this generalization of the work. Right. And at the time of the civil unrest and the uprising, the work was starting to be associated with Black Lives Matter and anything that you're doing around that. And the more and more I thought about it, I'm like, you know what? The work is general. The work is providing joy to black people. The work is providing mental health resources. The work is what we do on the show. The work is holding space for people. The work is Mm. a broad term. Mm -hmm. And don't just make it where I have to be an activist. Like your friend says, she's a comedian. That's a part of the work. Yeah, that Provide is part of the after. work. Yeah, I need a laugh after I'm crying, y'all. Like yeah, I we need- do. <laughs> we need it all. Yes, joy is important, and I think prioritizing joy too. I've grown up in that way where it's like uh you have to be militant about your grades militant about how you present yourself militant about your upkeep militant about your your lashes, your brows, your your edges got to be on fleek, like. Oh my gosh, y'all! Like uh, I only have two hands, you right? Know what I'm saying? Yeah. Do you want me to throw them? Do you want me to make some? Like, what do you want me to? Do? <laughs> what are we doing with it? <laughs> Free. Oh my god! Yes, yes, yes. We yeah. can't do it all. We cannot can't. do it all. I'm not an activist. Yeah. I'm just here doing my part and doing it the best way I know how. That That's part. it. And and literally think about what brings you joy, y'all, because I think the the height of the movement where I felt like content, like I was doing good work. I realized that there was a lot of like graphics were a good way at the at the early stages. Now it's going a little too far, but like (laughs) the graphics uh, were a good way to get information out in a way because, you know, people be like, oh, my feet aesthetic. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, look, uh, so I, I've been drawing, you know, mm-hmm. since I was two. That's my primary, my, my bag, my gig. I got on my little tablet and I was like, all right, let me put some resources in a graphic. So y'all might have seen some of my graphics floating around social media um, at that time. But I was like, OK, this I can do. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? This is what I have the capacity to do. Yeah. And it's even doing nothing. is OK. It's, it's okay. OK. You have Because permission. that's like. It's like somebody, you know, coming up in a house and and slapping a vase off the countertop and then looking at you like, why aren't you cleaning it up? Mm. We didn't create this problem. So Mm. if you don't do anything, that is perfectly okay. That's okay. It's time to pass the burden on because it's really not our burden to even carry y'all. That's the the sad part. We cleaning up somebody else's mess. Mm. And, you know, if you do it, of course, I applaud you because... Again, you're doing work you don't have to do um, yes. for the betterment of your community. But if you don't, I know there's that feeling of guilt. We- release that. Give yourself permission to yes. release that. it. Thank you, y'all, so much for uh, coming on the podcast today. I am so happy we got to have this conversation. Uh, definitely very, very healing word. So let let my audience know where they can find you, you know, and how they can interact with y'all in the best ways possible or any projects you have coming um, so you can find us on Instagram at the Black Girl Bravado Pod. Also, our website, theblackgirlbravado.com. dot mm-hmm. um, we have a Patreon where we could dive deeper and have more of these types of conversations as well, going even deeper below the surface. <laughs> so you can find <laughs> us there too at the Black Girl Bravado. So yeah, yeah, we release episodes every uh, Tuesday, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Again, our conversation is centered around mental health, mental wellness, spirituality, entrepreneurship, so many things is for black women, women of color. But if you identify and relate to the content, we welcome you. Yes, we just want to build community and connect with uh, all of you. So yeah, join us.
Bree, this was amazing. Thank you for Thank having us. Thank you for us. having us. Thank you for doing this work. Continue to show up authentically. We need it. They need it. It's, it needs to be here. Yes. It needs to be here. And, and I'm so happy that, you know, I, I think one of the takeaways, too, is that there is there is space for all of us because, again, we are not a monolith. And I just appreciate y'all so much for coming on and, and spreading your experiences as well to show that even further. Like, yo, we're, we're a beautiful, you know, spectrum of amazingness. And yes. I, I'm just so grateful. So thank y'all so much. Thank you again uh, for tuning into the Count to Ten podcast. If you have a moment at the end of the podcast today, I would just like to take a little 10 second moment where we take some some deep breaths in and out. You know what I'm saying? All right, we're gonna start this now. All right, y'all ready? And all right, now go fuck it up. Have a great day. Love y'all. All right, peace out everybody. <laughs>